to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best but the views are amazing i am your moderator b jones and i got my man brian jones mr stillwater's run deep on the podcast this week what's happening hey on to the next episode baby hey he's just like i oh, forget last week man we got to get it right now <laughs> <laughs> mike d what's happening baby what's going on what's going on everybody glad to be back glad to be back and yeah. baseball is getting ready to start Woo-hoo. Worst, worst uh, TV sport ever. I promise. Yeah. It's yeah. exciting. You gotta watch all the ins and outs. Mm, not at all. Faison, <laughs> what's going on, man? I'm feeling the sweater, bro. Oh man, I, I like I said, I love this sweater. Um, I wear it all the time. Pure shock value, and just because it's the, the most, it's super warm. So it's kind of a double duel. But I, I, I'm happy to be back here. I, uh, it's been a minute. You've been doing the solos for a while, so I've kind of been out the loop. But, yo, this is great to get together again. And yeah, yo, man. Yeah, man. It's going to be awesome. Way to yeah. bring it back, man. Way to bring it back. We're going to have an amazing show. And last but not least, the homies on the podcast this week, Miss Quinetta Claytor. What's going on, ma'am? Hello, world. How you, you guys doing? Her, her princess. Hey, smiling <laughs> way. <laughs> Hello, world. <laughs> How you doing this evening? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm great, man. Glad to be here, man. For all of our listeners, Quinetta Claytor is a passionate, passionate transformer of people. She has just started uh, Q Clay Strategies that works with marketing, branding, uh, professional development, and life coaching. And we brought her here this evening so she can talk to us a little bit about her professional journey, um, navigating that professional space, and everything that comes along with it. So without any further ado, I've given you the brief introduction, but Ms. Claytor, give yes. us a little, bit, uh, a little bit more about your background. All right. So uh, I'm, thank you so much, Brett. Thank you all for having me this evening. Very appreciative of the time and the exposure. Um, but I'm Quinetta Claytor. I am originally from Des Moines, Iowa. Yes, there are Black people in Iowa. She's the first one I ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did my undergraduate degree at the University of Iowa, uh, graduate degree at Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, then I traveled up to DC, lived in DC for four and a half years, and most recently moved to Houston, Texas. By my nine to five is I'm a healthcare executive. Um, and then my side hustle is where my passion lies is my business, Q.Clay Strategies and Solutions. So. At Q.Clay Strategies and Solutions, we truly believe in transforming good people into exceptional professionals. Uh, our six primary services are brand management, life coaching, mock interviewing, motivational speaking, portfolio development, and resume review. So uh, really honing in on crea- helping others creatively articulate their experiences, their strengths, Uh, what they're good at, also honing in on their dreams, their aspirations, and being that conduit and allowing people to become their most optimal beings. So I look forward to this discussion, um, and I'm excited. You should be. That's a lot to be excited about, man. How did you go from working in health administration to wanting to jump in to all that you're going to offer with Q-Clay Strategies? Well, I think it's pretty interrelated, 
Uh, healthcare is a relational industry. It's all about the relationships you have with people, uh, the way you make people feel, whether it be the patient, the physician, the clinical staff, administration. It's all about people, relationships, and helping people become their best self. So directly parallel with what we do at Cute Clay Strategies and Solutions. So tell me a little bit about that journey um, as a professional woman, um, especially in this day and age where it seems like women, whether it be minority or otherwise, are really coming into their own. And, you, you know, you having this this little sprout that's now growing into this fruitful tree. So what exactly do you want me to hone in on? That's a, it's a very, very complex question. Anything uh, particular you want me to go into detail about? Well, we can talk a little bit about the challenges and how you see yourself coming out of that now into this space, because I, as, I, as I mentioned, I, I really think this is the time of the woman. Um, you know, I really feel like uh, everything has been set up and you guys have been, you know, black women have been the most educated group of people on, uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, for the last few years. Um, you have a huge push in ownership and executive status for women. So it's like you're not watching the the big boys play anymore you're stepping into those roles and controlling that atmosphere so for you you know how was your journey from where you started in health administration to where you are now which uh, I guess catapulted you into starting your own business right Uh, I think the main thing firstly what has been a catalyst is just trusting the process Uh, trusting the process understanding that there is a process um, and understanding that Uh, In this stage in the game, it's important for you to leverage your strengths. I think oftentimes people are so concerned with what they're not good at uh, that they don't capitalize on what they are good at. So identifying what you're good at. I always tell people, figure out your special sauce and dip every fry in it. So understand, you know, understand what works for you. What works for you may not work for the next woman or the next man, but it's your job to identify you know, what makes you exceptional mm-hmm. and to apply and repeat, apply and repeat. So I think a lot of people, um, they don't, a lot of people try to, I guess, imitate other people without putting their special sauce on it. You can't, I can't be like anyone else but myself and, and people need to understand that and respect that. And, uh, and possess that power because that's the only power you have is you being you. How do you navigate that? Like, how do you control that? Cause I understand uh, from the women who I come across that it's a very fine line with knowing your worth, knowing what you're very good at and being too assertive or too pushy or coming off as this aggressive black female in the workspace. I think it's two words, emotional intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like emotional intelligence will take you much further than technical knowledge any day. Understanding your audience, understanding the politics. I always say it's never black and white. It's just a whole bunch of gray relationships, politics, old deals, new deals. And you have to have the perceptiveness and have the emotional intelligence to read between the lines. Uh, There are some meetings where, um, you know, I may be able to go in, smile, laugh, giggle the entire time and get my point across. There are other meetings where that may not be as effective. And it's up to me to know who I'm dealing with, know who the stakeholders are, 
know who the decision makers are and to act accordingly. Uh, I do believe that my father always taught me you can get more bees with honey than Absolutely. you can with vinegar. So I always, anyone that knows me um, in corporate America, they will say Quinetta's never, she's always smiling um, because that's something that I wanted. I understand the stereotype. I understand, you know, the things that we can easily as a black woman be attributed with. So I do my best with that awareness to uh, counter those whenever possible and to give someone a different light than what they may think a black woman, a black professional woman may be. So I kind of jumping in there and keeping that going in the coaching mindset for those people who come along to your company and want to move forward, especially, you know, the black women who are coming in younger, who are learning um, the professional field. How do you coach them to understand that they may have to think before they make that initial reaction um, because mm -hmm. they can be judged differently initially. I think the first thing is the confidence to think. You know, a lot of people aren't confident in their own thinking to think, think through a situation. So I always try to preach confidence because when you put batteries in people's back and when you, a lot of times people enter situations with apprehensions uh, with hesitations because they don't feel like they deserve a seat at the table, mm -hmm. right? When you feel like you deserve a seat at the table, you can be yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you're able to be yourself, you know, sometimes you're not necessarily worried about what other people think about you and your natural light can shine through. Um, and so what I coach and how I coach is to affirm who they are. You don't have to be like me to be successful. You know, and maybe you being assertive and maybe you having a little bit of edge, it may work for you. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. and so it's really just instilling a level of confidence and a level of belief in self that what you bring to the table is enough, if, if not more, than what everybody else is bringing. And I think that, that first coaching session, it, the light bulb goes on, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there you know, you have awareness of who you are because you feel like you belong there. Mm -hmm. And that transparency, that authentic leadership naturally comes about. But I think the first step is having self-confidence and reassuredness in yourself in the fact that you belong at that table. Awesome. Absolutely. So, Cornetta, uh, let me ask you a question about the climate, man. Um, you know, how do you feel uh, about the the space that you women are coming into like what are you what is your take on you know the 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 diversity in the workplace your take on how you all are kind of taking over in the workplace well i think uh that depends on the region <laughs> uh, i think that there are some fabrics of american history that are just tattooed they're mm -hmm. there they're going to be there um, and it's up to us to navigate accordingly. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, moving, living in Iowa, being in the Midwest, then moving to the East Coast, first Richmond, uh, the capital of the Confederacy, up to D.C., a very uh, liberal, fast-moving, transient area, now to Houston, Texas, mm -hmm. uh, which is a very good old boy, red state, um, you know, southern roots, and I've had to 
be agile in who I am as a leader, not very authentic in who I am as a leader, as a professional, but agile, um, you know, because some of the things that I can do and say in DC um, are much more, are perceived as much more aggressive here in Houston. Um, so going back to that emotional intelligence piece and really understanding why people do what they do. Is it, is it a direct reflection of where they're from? Is it because no one ever did it differently? Mm-hmm. Is it because no one ever, you know, uh, challenged the status quo? Mm-hmm. So once again, having that perceptiveness, having that emotional intelligence, um, you know, although it's 2018, you all can see with the current events, Me Too, the feminist movements, uh, we still have a ways to go. So respecting you know, that we aren't where we should be, um, but still navigating accordingly. Uh, which one of those cities that you lived in gave you like the biggest life benefit to now, just from experience that you think you can take the most to say, I learned the most here because of what? Because they're all different, but they seem somewhat similar. Uh, I think DC and Iowa, DC and Des Moines, Iowa, for two reasons. Um, where I'm from, Des Moines, Iowa, they probably have a population of two to three percent blacks. Uh, so early on in my life, my childhood, um, my very developmental years, I was one of, I was probably the only one in my classrooms. I was the only black valedictorian in high school, mm-hmm. um, only black person in high school to receive a scholarship of some sort. So it put me in at the table, right? made me comfortable with the people that were going to continue to be at the table throughout my corporate America career. So that's where that kind of laid the foundation for navigating what corporate America really looks like. DC, however, um, was a time where, you know, you have a whole bunch of big sharks in a big pond. (laughs) And if you are not a big shark, even if you are a big shark, you have to have a level of uh, tenacity in an edge that differentiates you. Mm. And so when, as I, you know, in DC, I saw a lot of heavy hitters doing awesome things and it kind of gives you the okay, that it is okay to dream big. It is okay to have global thinking. It is okay to, you know, have a side hustle or two and really fulfill your passion. And I seen that in DC and it's not, the same in other areas. So I would say DC and Iowa. Yeah. So in that space, um, I have a question. Now, do you find yourself or do you find yourself, I guess, aligning with the idea of getting into the system to kind of hope to change it? Or do you align more so with, I got to create my own, I got to go out here and get it because it's not necessarily built for me. Well, I have reached a point in my career where the skill set that I provide and the strengths that I embody, the systems happen to change and adapt to me. Can you give me an example? (laughs) Well, um, you know, case in point, these last few years of my career, I have essentially, I've been grateful and been, been, I've been lucky to have had sponsors who said, 
I will create something for you based on what you're good at, kind of, sort of. We're not used to having a black woman telling us what to do. (laughs) We're not used to having a black woman who has so much autonomy. Mm -hmm. We're not used to a a young black woman. However, we value what you possess so much. So we're going to create a platform for you. So now I'm seeing the industry having to get used to us because they need us. And that's what I coach with my clients as well um, is you need to be at that table. They need you there. Mm-hmm. And they know it, but sometimes they're scared to tell you because then you'll know you're a commodity. Mm-hmm. So I'm at a point where I know I'm a commodity. They know I'm a commodity. So let's talk and make sure that we're both happy and we continue to both be happy. So, um, you know, when you have a skill set, when you have, when you're talented and when you have strengths, the industry is getting to a point where they can't ignore that they, they need us at the table. It's so not enough. Well, since we're on that that comment, I think that that is something that we definitely need to highlight and spend a couple seconds just on silence so people can comprehend that. But at the same time, how does someone find their worth? So minority women, you know, someone with melanin in their skin, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not sure how to properly ask for what they're worth when they're going into the corporate setting. It's, oh, I'm given this. So this is the first salary I'm offered. I'm going to take this. Um, how, how can you coach or how can we teach, you know, the young girl, the, even the young guy to come here right now and say, hey, don't, it's not about setting the first offer. It's about knowing what you're worth and then negotiating it to the right number. Right. Uh, I had a mentor, an older black lady who was actually in nursing. She's a nursing executive. She always told me, um, never accept the first offer. And at first I wasn't comfortable with that because I didn't think, you know, what would be my rebuttal? Mm -hmm. I want this instead of this because of why. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I see, I know what my rebuttal would be, but I see the benefit and not accepting the first offer because there's always wiggle room. There's always Mm -hmm. wiggle room. Um, But I had another uh, close mentor and friend of mine say, never speak first in a negotiation. So when you're saying no to the first offer, right? Allow them to tell you what the next step will be. Uh-huh. Because then you'll, you'll kind of understand what you're working with. Now, if, I, if we have an offer for, say we have an offer for $50,000 and I say, no, I want 55. Well, if you would have allowed them to take the first stance, sixty. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I always say a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are scared to negotiate because they're, it's kind of like, and Brett, we've talked about this. It's kind of like dating, right? <laughs> a lot of women, you know, um, they don't want, they see a man, he checks off all the boxes. They're scared to give pushback because that man is deemed as the commodity, right? Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't let this go, because if I, if I ask for a little bit more, he's gonna choose somebody else. And that's where we come into having worked in a relationship to say, if that man chooses someone else, he wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. 
And if I can't push a little bit on what I deserve as a professional, they really don't want me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's amazing. I mean, we did talk a little bit about that. I don't want to go down that road, though. We got to bring you back for that. Uh, that that's that economics we was talking about. So we got that's, exactly. that's a whole other conversation within itself. Exactly. I, I do want to talk about how you handle such power because you, you've, you've made it. You know what I'm saying? You've gotten to that point where you have that confidence. You can walk in a room and command the attention and respect of those there. But it comes with such a great responsibility. And I think that's what you hit on with Q-Clay strategies and the things that you're able to provide professionals, women, uh, professional women, to make sure that they build themselves up and to have that same level of confidence. So, you know, how, how, does, it, how does it feel? You know, what does it mean to you to be able to start your own, to be able to give that back? Well, it's always been in me. It's always been in me. Um, and I launched my business when I couldn't, it, 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 it was, it was, you know, you know, when something's in you mm -hmm. and you, it, you can't contain it anymore. Right. You know? God gave me these strengths. God gave me this purpose, this passion, and I could no longer, it was bottling up. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels like any other day because this is my God ordained purpose is to be a vessel to others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people talk to me about a lot of different things. I, you know, there, I, I know a lot of secrets. I know a lot of insecurities. I know a lot of vulnerabilities, but this is part of my purpose. So this is life to me. You know, it doesn't feel ever since I launched my business, it feels like, you know, you know, when a, you shake a pop up, we call it pop where I'm from. Y'all call it soda. We call it oh, pop. It's a Midwest thing. It's a Midwest yeah. thing, right? Yeah, no, it was, pop. It, was, it was you, Mike. That's who it was. Yep. Okay, yeah. Pop. You <laughs> know when you shake and pop up? Exactly. When you shake and pop up, and that pop got to go somewhere. Like, I feel so, um, so full. I feel so full. That's the only word I can think to describe it. I feel so full. I feel so calm. Uh, I feel like I finally put my stake in the ground and now I'm ready to ascend to my next chapter of life. So it, feel, it feels awesome. That's amazing, man. We talk about that so much uh, with finding your purpose in your life and how that just spread. It, it, it builds so much for you and it allows you to spread so many places and you know it's, it's just amazing i'm happy that you finally got to this point because we know it's been in the works for oh, a yes. while you and know how long <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man um the launch party is gone you know what i'm saying so y'all up and running now give the listeners you know where they can find you at where they can hit you at and stuff so they can go ahead and seek this professional help absolutely so to learn more about Q.Clay Strategies and Solutions, you can visit us on the World Wide Web, www.qclaystrategies.com, qclaystrategies.com, on IG at qclaystrategies, Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash qclaystrategies. Uh, you can also hit us up via email, qclay at qclaystrategies.com. You can also call me. 401-992-4703. Hey, those are professional calls only. I know she's, uh, you know, living yeah. a single life and everything. <laughs> That's not my <laughs> real number. <laughs> 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 All of that DM work. Anybody <laughs> that is the business line. 
What's the goal for 2019 with Q Clay, man? What do you What do you got your eyes set on now? Oh my goodness, I have a lot of goals, uh, but the goal is to impact as many people as possible, mm-hmm. either directly or indirectly. Uh, you You know, I, I feel I'm very very adamant and and I'm a proponent of branding and um, I've always tried to live my life in a way where everything I say do is a is an accurate representation of who I am Uh, so wanting to impact people either directly indirectly what they see on my page maybe they heard from me through someone else uh, but really wanting to help others ascend to their most optimal beings and impact as many people as possible Beautiful. I love it. I love it. We're going to start wrapping this thing up, ladies and gentlemen. But before we do, I got to give Faison his corner, man. It's been a minute, so we got to see what you got for us. It has been. Well, the funny, funny thing was that I um, was thinking about this a while ago and it's opportunity. And this podcast really leans into that specifically. So uh, I'll go off with this. Opportunity comes in many forms, many ways you're not interviewing for the job you already have. You're interviewing for the job that you can fill and want to grow to. Uh, Example, you're applying for a role that's a vice president role and you're a director. Apply for it to learn what is needed. If you don't get the job, that's fine. You now know what the requirements are for that position. You now know how to get there. If you hold yourself accountable to, I'm just gonna be the director, you'll stay in that position for as long as they hold you there. You have to be ready to move forward. You have to motivate yourself to get to the next level. So apply for the job that you want, not the one you can get already. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, you can get this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. We got the videos where you can see Cornetta's beautiful face this week on YouTube (laughs) and Vimeo. And make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at 13th Floor Please on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Cornetta. I appreciate yes. you for coming on, man, blessing us with your presence and all the knowledge and things. I can't wait to see what Q Clay Strategies has in store. Uh, before we get up out of here, I got to give you the opportunity to close us out. All right. I just want to say thank you to everyone. Uh, I really appreciated you guys' invite, you all's time, uh, the exposure to, to really spread what I'm passionate about uh, and, and my, my purposeful passion to develop and groom and uh, transform good people into exceptional professionals. So once again, anybody interested in my services at Q.Clay Strategies and Solutions, please visit us at www.QClayStrategies.com. Thank you again, gentlemen, and have a phenomenal evening. Ah, we wish that that is his thing. You're I making appearance. Process, but I missed the opportunity to really go deep with, with some good black professional hair techniques. Um, oh, you know, yeah. We, we, should, we didn't even get into that. That's all right. I didn't want to put you were on a roll. And things were going well. We are probably fading out right now because Ian is good for fading out. But we'll talk about it at some point in time later. I think we'll okay. invite you back. And maybe, maybe then we'll have an episode uh, just about black hair and professional environment. Yes, yeah, I would love to moderate that one because you know I have all aunts. I have one uncle and five aunts, so I I know nothing but hair. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that would be a fun way to talk about. I kind of drag and see those things, so it's kind of cool. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are done here on the 13th floor, where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. Yeah. The 13th floor. floor, floor.
13th floor. floor.